everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Katie's Christmas Movie Countdown. I'm here with Otis, and it is the final episode of this year's Christmas Movie Countdown. Today, we watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you know, everyone's favorite holiday comedy, and this movie came out December 1st, 1989, so when we were just wee little babies. This movie runs for an hour and 37 minutes, so it's like your basic comedy. It doesn't run too long. It's not too much of a hassle. There is some cussing, so I wouldn't suggest it for small kids, but if you've got, like, teens and stuff, they're perfectly fine to watch it, and it's just a really funny family film. So this film is about the Griswold family. It follows Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase, on a Christmas adventure Similar to their other adventures, Regular Vacation and European Vacation. This time he is trying to have the perfect giant family Christmas. He's getting all of his relatives together at his house. He's trying to decorate the house all beautiful, trying to have the perfect tree, the perfect party, the perfect dinner and all this stuff. And every little thing that can go wrong does go wrong. And Clark Griswold handles it hilariously. It's all this just chaotic mayhem, and it's hilarious and full of laughs, and if you have never seen it before, you definitely need to see it. All right, now for some fun facts. Chevy Chase broke his pinky finger while punching the plastic Santa after the lights wouldn't light. So he, like, when, yeah. when he took his all his anger out on those plastic things, he yeah. broke his pinky finger. Oh, wow. Uh, this was the final film of Mae Questel, whose film career began in 1930. She played the grandma who was, like, kind of senile and was singing, like, the national anthem and said the Pledge of Allegiance oh, okay. in the film. Yeah. Um, so her film career began in 1930 as the voice of Betty Boop. Her last performance as Betty Boop happened in 1988, like, so one year right before this film came out in the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. A minor earthquake occurred when they were filming the scene where Uncle Lois and Aunt Bethany arrive at the Griswold house. So they had to reshoot it a couple of times because everything was shaking and it was kind of a mess. Beverly D'Angelo improvised grabbing Chevy Chase's crotch when the SWAT team holds up the house. She only did it on one take and that ended up being the take that they chose for the film. <laughs> After Clark Griswold unsuccessfully attempts to demonstrate his handiwork with the house Christmas lights to his family, he asks Rusty to help him check all the light bulbs again. Rusty looks at his bare wrist, pretending to have a watch, and excuses himself. Looking at his bare wrist and pretending to have a watch is one of Chevy Chase's trademark gags. When Clark and Cousin Eddie are talking in the living room, they are drinking eggnog out of Wally World mugs. Wally World was the destination of the Griswolds in Vacation from 1983. The house in which the Griswold's neighbor, Todd and Margot, live in is the same house where the Murtaugh family lived in in all four Lethal Weapon movies, for, uh, spanning from 1987 to 1998. Oh, crazy. I know that. Yeah. The houses in this street are on the Warner Brothers back lot, and they were, it was also the neighborhood they, they used in the show The Middle. The movie has four Saturday Night Live alumni, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Brian Doyle Murray, Randy Quaid, and Chevy Chase. It is rumored that Clark's rant about his boss, Mr. Shirley, was ad-libbed. This is somewhat true. However, what the audience audiences don't see is that each cast member of the film facing Chevy Chase had a sign hanging around their neck that had one word written in them. 
they were all adjectives that Clark used to describe his boss. Mm. So basically everyone had a little sign and Chevy Chase just read them and added a whole bunch of other shit like to say mean stuff about his boss. This is one of three films released in 1989 to feature an animated title sequence. The other two being Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Troop Beverly Hills, which I love both of those films. Uh, Chris Columbus was originally set to direct. I did say this fun fact when we watched Home Alone the other day, but dropped out due to not getting along with Chevy Chase. He worked with John Hughes on the first two Home Alone films. Clark emulated horror icons Jason Voorhees with the hockey mask and Leatherface, the chainsaw and overhead chainsaw pose, simultaneously when he comes outside to trim the giant tree. Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki play brother and sister, but last year in 2018 and part of this year, 2019, on the Connors, they played a couple. This is also one of Johnny Galecki's first movies. If you don't recognize the name Johnny Galecki, he's Leonard Hofstetter in Big Bang Theory and also was David on Roseanne and the Connors. The scene where the cat bit the Christmas light cord and got electrocuted was nearly cut from the movie. Prior to the first test screening, the studio executives wanted the scene taken out, fearing that it might offend some viewers. But producer Maddie Simmons begged them to leave the scene in and they eventually gave in to his request. After the first test screening, the test audience scored the cat electrocution scene as the number one favorite scene throughout the entire movie. When the police storm into the Griswolds' house, the song Here Comes Santa Claus, sung by Gene Autry, is used for the background music. Randy Quaid, who plays Cousin Eddie, is the third cousin of Gene Autry. Alright, now for some questions. Who is your favorite character? Um, every time I watch uh, the vacation movies... Uh, it's usually like a second, like a runner-up character. Uh, like my favorite is Vegas Vacation. That's actually my favorite one. It's it's I think it's the next one after this one. Yeah. Uh, and I like Russ a lot in that one because he was really lucky and he won all the cars and stuff. And he had the fake ID, Papa Giorgio. In this one, uh, Clark. I really like Clark a lot. Uh, he's trying his best to give everybody like the best Christmas and stuff. And he is very, and he's very accident prone and, and just, well, well, he's not really accident prone. He never gets hurt. No, just a lot of random shit happens. Yeah, things happen to people around him a lot. Uh, Mostly to his neighbors. Yeah, he just gets <laughs> into situations, but uh, his heart's in the, in the right place and he's trying his best. So he's not like an asshole or anything like that. If anything, he's just a little oblivious to the world. But no, he, he's a really good dude. So I really like watching it and watching him trying to like you know make christmas good my favorite character is rusty um i've liked johnny galecki as long as i can remember like i loved his character on roseanne i love him in big big bang theory but i like him in this film mostly because he's so helpful to his dad throughout the entire film like all the weird and random things that his dad is like asking him to help with he does it without complaint, which is not really something that you see in, like, a young teen in movies. Like, usually the teen characters are just like, ugh, do I have to? Like, why? And he's just like, all right, Dad. Sure, why not, Dad? Yeah, let's do it, Dad. The whole time. Along with that, even when he, he is saying yes and when he's helping, he's trying to steer his dad away from the situation that's going to make him hurt or whatever. Like, he keeps trying to remind his dad, like, oh, hey, 
maybe we shouldn't use this many lights or, you know, maybe we shouldn't plug that many things in all at once. And he's just leaving these subtle hints and it's really well, it's really good comedic timing on his part for like being a kid. All right. Who's your least favorite character? Uh, it, this one sucks because I had two people in my head. Uh, when I was younger, I always loved Cousin Eddie. Uh, it was very funny, his jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, but that makes sense. Um, in this movie, he's not as funny, I think. Uh, a lot of jokes, it, they didn't really hit for me. In Vegas Vacation, he's way better in that one. I really like him in that one. I like that movie a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm actually going to go, and it's probably going to be yours, because I jump around a lot. Uh, the Neighbors. Oh, not mine, but yeah. Yeah, uh, the neighbors, but watching it now, and I haven't seen this in a while, it's very justified why they're so pissed off about Clark and his family, because uh, all I can imagine is every week something happens. Oh yeah, their something, house gets shit on. Yeah, something flies from their house into their house and destroys something, and this is like a habitual thing. In this movie, at least three things fly into their house. From the Griswolds, like, just property. Yeah. So I understand why they'd be pissed off to live next to them and just wish nothing but bad things on them. But yeah, I'm going to go with them. Because they're still assholes. So my least favorite character is actually um, the grandpa that smokes. I think it's the grandpa. Or maybe he's an, like an no, old uncle. No, he's an uncle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then the old uncle that smokes, like, the cigars. Um... I do not like his character at all. He's just like old crotchety man. Like he's just constantly in Clark's face and like talking shit on Clark. And Clark's just trying to have a nice family like Christmas. He's trying to do everything he can to make this the best Christmas for his entire family. And that grandpa guy's or uncle guy is just shitting on him the whole time. On top of that, on top of all the shit talking that he does, he also fucking lights up a cigar right next to a tree and ruins their beautiful tree that they got at the very beginning of the film. And then at the end of the film, he lights up another cigar and fucking throws it into the, like, throws the match into the sewer and fucking causes all sorts of property damage. And it's like, the guy is just fucking oblivious and an asshole. And it's like, this is one of the only films that I can honestly say I didn't like the old man character because typically the old man characters are one of my favorites because usually in films the old man is like the sweet one. Like he's always got the life lesson-y type character but this one he's just a dick and I did not like that guy. All right. Favorite scene. Uh, favorite scene. Uh, that's kind of tough. Uh, I have two. I need to stop doing that but. I don't you follow can have the two, rules. It's fine. I'm a maverick. Um, <laughs> so the first one I really love is when uh, they went sledding, and he had the cool like uh, like spray and, and the, the he was saying that his sled was gonna go faster than anybody's. And Clark gets on this bad boy. If you look really quick, the second he launches himself down, he's already at the bottom of the hill, and it's like a fire streak. And he oh, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, like, screams, and he's already down, like, miles away instantly. And he's just scooting. That, that always made me laugh. And uh, my other runner-up is when he actually gets the lights going and, like, Hallelujah songs playing. That's my favorite scene is the, the lighting of the Christmas lights. Yeah. And I love that the, his house being lit up just 
draws the power from everybody in town. And then, like, uh, it was like the nuclear power plant had to, like... Yeah, shut off their gen... Or turn on their generators. Yeah, they had to, like, actually use power because, like, Clark is just draining everything in town. Uh, I thought that was hilarious watching that again. Uh, It made me laugh. Yeah, the Christmas lighting is my favorite scene. The whole sequence leading up to him lighting the Christmas lights. Like, Rusty untangling the lights and helping him uh, search all the bulbs. And then him having the family come out and failing a few times trying to light them. And then the wife, like, going back... Him and the wife going back and forth into the house to turn on the light switch that is actually turning on all the lights. I love that entire scene. Like, that's so good. And the other one you mentioned where he's sledding down that thing, I really like later in the movie where um, Cousin Eddie's, like, emptying his stuff into the sewer and he picks up the sled and it's just, like, tore up like some giant monster (laughs) took a bite out of it because he was going so fast down that hill. Okay, what about the music? What did you think about the music? Uh, pretty good. The so my buddy Gulick, um, he loves this movie, and I remember um, he would quote lines from it, and always around Christmas he would sing the theme song uh, that had the animated Santa Claus just getting messed up. Uh, he loves that song. It's pretty good. I, it's not a bad soundtrack. You know, real typical songs. It wasn't mind-blowing or anything like that. Uh, I've I've heard better. I would agree. Uh, I didn't really recognize the um, classical soundtrack too much, like the orchestral soundtrack. It didn't stand out to me. Like, a lot of times in film, there'll be, like, one big orchestral theme that will follow around the main character. And I didn't really notice one in this film. Um, the contemporary soundtrack did stick out to me a little bit. Like, there were a lot of traditional Christmas songs, like when he lights the house, um, or when he puts on the lights, the hallelujah chorus comes on, and when he, um, at some point, oh, when the SWAT team comes in, here comes Santa Claus is playing, and there's a few different, like, traditional Christmas songs throughout that did make it very Christmassy feeling, but that didn't really play too big of a part into the actual film. It's, it wasn't like a driving force in the film, like some other holiday films, like it is in some other holiday films. Oh, sure. All right, what about the feels? Did this movie give you any feels? I guess the one thing that, you know, made me feel is like having to deal with just shitty family (laughs) Uh, around the holidays. Not just like shitty family, just a whole lot of people. And also just the struggle of Clark to... You know, just try to make everything good. Uh, that that I felt bad for Clark, but he's very, he's so optimistic. I knew he was gonna make it, but just you know, it took a lot for him to finally break down. You know, yeah. When he didn't get the bonus, and then when he just kind of lost his mind for a second, but then you know, cousin Eddie helped him out. I've seen, I've gotten more feels from other movies. Yeah, I agree. I don't feel like this film gives you a lot of the like heartwarming Christmassy. Like, aw, feelings. Um, It does, like, there is a scene at the end where, like, all the family comes together and everyone's happy. And then the SWAT team breaks in. So, like, the second that you are starting to feel that, like, happiness creep in or the, oh, yay, they got their happy ending. Then the SWAT team jumps in and just kind of wrecks it all. So, it's a continuous comedy throughout. Like, there's no real, like, super heartwarming moment in it, I feel like. It is just overall very, very happy. Like, You just feel happy the entire time. Yeah. 
Okay, what about memories associated with this film? I know you were talking about Gulick a little bit. Yeah, so I remember chunks of this when I was a kid. Uh, the squirrel coming out of the Christmas tree. Uh, I always remember that. Uh, the lights. The uh, I think out of like the three... Ooh, I can't even remember the last time I saw European Vacation. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I was reading facts about this film and I was like, mm, that doesn't sound familiar. Like, I know I've seen Vacation and Vegas Vacation and Christmas Vacation a bunch, but I don't think I've ever even seen European Vacation. Yeah. They, We're going to have to find that and watch that. Oh, yeah. There are some scenes that pop out, like when uh, when the aunt, when she's, they want her to do Grace at the table and she does the Pledge of Allegiance. There are little tiny snippets I don't, I mean, I'll never forget Yeah. from when I was younger. But uh, probably this time is probably the... It's been a while since I've watched it all the way through. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when I was younger, I just remember little chunks. But yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. I remember watching this film like every year when it would come on TV or whatever. It wasn't like one of those films that we had to sit down and watch, but we would watch it when it was on, like if we caught it when it was on. And... The only thing that I can really associate, like, a memory with with this film is I do remember every year when my dad would put the Christmas lights on because we would help um, my grandpa put on his Christmas lights because that's where we usually spent Christmas. So we would all go over there, like, you know, the day after Thanksgiving or whatever, and we'd spend the entire day putting up a just ridiculous amounts of Christmas lights. And... Every year at the end, like once all the lights were up, he would plug it in. And then as soon as all the lights were plugged in and on, he would start singing Hallelujah, like the Hallelujah Chorus <laughs> to mimic this film because it's just such an iconic moment, like the lighting of the lights. But that's all I really remember, like in relation to my life, I guess. I like I remember part a lot of this film, all, all the big moments in this film I remember, but nothing that really is relates to my life besides the lighting of the lights. Okay, what about a seven-word synopsis? Ooh. Uh... You think about it. I've got three. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so Cousin Eddie kidnaps boss and saves day. Uh, Rusty helps dad as best he can because he worked on helping the dad the entire time. And then Clark Griswold is daddiest dad at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um... Guy gets all his Christmas shit together. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. He's trying so hard. Yeah, he, he really just wants just a good Christmas for his family. Shitty boss takes away Clark's Christmas bonus. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real crux of everything. Yeah. But he fixes it at the end. So, yeah, they, they you pulled know. a Christmas story. I mean, not a Christmas story, but a Christmas carol on him real quick. Yeah. And then his heart grew three times that night. All it takes is just threatening someone's life to make them really change how they feel about stuff. I mean, kind of. Sometimes people get their lives threatened and they just pretend to change. And then as soon as their lives aren't in danger anymore, they just go back to their shitty ways. <laughs> that happens in a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you think the budget was for this film? Uh, I'm going to say probably like $35 million. Oh, pretty close. It was uh, twenty five million. Damn. Okay. It was still close. Like, I always jump over. Yeah, but within ten earlier, you were uh, no. Was that you? 
Now, someone the other day was like, 200 and something million dollars, and it was like a $30 million film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so only $25 million. And then, what do you? Th- how do you think it did box office-wise? Uh, I want to say it did all right. Uh, so, I'm probably going to say it made $100 million. Uh, No. Damn. So this movie made $71.3 million Dang. in the box office. It made about three times its, its money, which is re- pretty normal, um, as I found from the Christmas movies. Like, anything that goes over three times its uh, budget is very rare in Christmas movies. Because Christmas movies are only in the theater for a specific amount of time, and there's only, like, you have to... Basically, people have to be in the mood to watch a Christmas movie. Yeah. Like, it's not like a comedy or a, you know, an action film where people will go and just continue and go over and over and over again. Like Christmas films, you go for like the one month and then that's it. Like you go see it once and you're good. That's all you needed to see it. But this film really, and all of the vacations really, kind of developed into that cult classic situation. Oh, for sure. Like the vacation, the National Lampoon Vacation series became a cult classic. So this movie, though it didn't do super great in the box office, like $71 million is still really good for a comedy that only cost $25 million. Plus it was 1989. So it did do well, but it's definitely done a lot better in recent years because I don't know a single person who doesn't watch this film oh, yeah. at Christmas. Like everybody watches this film. So it's definitely like made its stand and it's it has its place in history. All right, do you have anything else to add about this film? Uh, no. Any other thoughts? Uh-huh. No. All right, well, that does it for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You should definitely go watch it with your family. It is a Christmas movie, but if you watch it outside of Christmas, like, it's still going to be really funny. Everyone can relate to all the hilarity that ensues, like, trying to get your family just to settle down and to have a good Christmas. Like, it's a lot, but you'll definitely enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. This is, you know, the 25th episode, the 25th day. Like, we finally made it to the end of the Christmas movie countdown. Thank you so much for paying attention and listening. And we can't wait until we do this again next year with a whole new set of films or maybe not all new films. Maybe we'll do a couple of uh, the same films, but we'll get different people in on them so they we can have different opinions and different ideas and stuff on them. But we're really excited to continue doing this podcast and yeah we hope you keep listening don't forget to follow us on twitter at allentown pod you can email us if you have any questions at allentownpresents at gmail.com and you can find us anywhere where podcasts can be found we should be up on iHeartRadio at the beginning of january um we'll post about that as soon as that comes up as soon as we're on there we'll let you know And yeah, tell your friends, make sure everyone you know is listening to us so we can grow our fan base. Uh, We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you, what, I think our next one is 20 minutes at the bar? Probably. Uh, I don't know. We're like, the holidays make it weird. But I think 20 minutes at the bar is probably our next episode coming up. Or actually something on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe Spooky Movie Squad or something. Yeah. It's coming up. I don't know. We have, we've got more episodes in the works, just not every single day. So <laughs> we're coming at you soon. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again soon. Love you. Bye. Right, see you guys.